Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. I'm broadcasting to you as always on the Elite Sports Radio Network. My name is Keith Farrell. I am in beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. I am joined as always by my colleague and co-host, blasting to you from Houston, Texas, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Hey, gang, green lovers, what's going on? Guys, obviously coming in a more somber tone in a more somber week. Then week one of the NFL season where we demolished the Lions. Mike, a big letdown, a bummer last week. We all know what happened. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off and get to the game momentarily and walk everybody through it. Therapeutic, Mike, to go through it. Get it out of your system, which we will do. Before we do that, though, tell me about your feelings. Are you hurt? Are you let down? Are you disappointed? What, is it all of the above, Mike? Where are, you, where are you at mentally? Are you okay? Or is your marriage still okay after this? Keith, I, I feel like this was medicine for us Jet fans. We we kind of needed this. You know, we we ended up moving up to in the in the draft to go get Sam Darnold. You know, Jet Nation was exploding. Every, every time you would go to the practices, Darnold's doing this, doing that. People are wiling out. You know, it, it was like a crescendo. It kept just rising and rising and rising. And Jet fans were just getting more excited and more excited. And then we go on Monday night in front of the world and just decimate the Lions on, on, on national television. Everyone to see, you know, Sam Darnold, youngest quarterback in the history of the game, starting, uh, you know, Know, throws two touchdowns, you know, comes back after the pick six, shows his his ability and his poise to play in the NFL, and Jet fans were just ecstatic, and I'm listening to the national media, people start picking us as a dark horse play, and this was kind of like exactly what Jet fans needed to just pump the brakes. Relax, guys. I know you're excited. I'm excited. I mean, Keith and I started this podcast. I mean, <laughs> we're excited, you know, but, you know... This is a young team, a very young team with a young quarterback, and there's going to be mistakes. And like Keith said in the very first episode, we're going to go through the ups and we're going to go through the downs. And we here at the AEBG are going to take you through it. So sometimes you don't want to pump the brakes. Sometimes you want to hit the turn Tokyo Drift style, 95 miles an hour, and not pump the brakes and continue your excitement. But I totally understand, and this was a bit of a reality check. You know what it reminds me of? The week one to two the, the contrast between the two weeks, Mike, it's like you, you first meet a chick. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's funny, Mike. And you, you go on a couple dates. You're like, this is amazing. This is great. This brand new situation is so amazing. I can't I can't wait to move forward with this. And then you go on date three or four. And she comes by the house, Mike, and you're about to get your groove on. And she's like, hold on a second. I just want to get more comfortable. And, you know, she pops out her false teeth. And takes her wig off. You know, you're just like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought everything was going great. was a big letdown. As you know, Mike, I was there in person with uh, the AEBG team. Considering the fact, Mike, that they shot themselves in the foot so many times in the game, which we're going to get to. Sam actually hurt us in the game. Big drop by Herndon. We had penalties. You know, we had so many things to go through. And even at the end of the game, even after all of that, at the end of the game, Mike, third and 19 to Frank Gore. 
They still could have got the ball back. Another, they, they stopped. So after that, even after that, another third and six with Tannehill. He runs for eight. I mean, there's so many things to go through. It's not just Sam. His two turnovers, I mean, you know, they couldn't have hurt us worse than they did. It was just such, so, you know, they scored a touchdown on three plays after the first turnover. The second one was, a, was an interception in the end zone right after we got the ball back from them, Mike. Tough loss. Tough day for the Jets. As we already all know, it's not easy being green. And this was another day just to reinforce the name of our show, Mike. To me, there were four major things that attributed to it. Turnovers, like you said, penalties, the offensive line, and the coaching. Perfect storm of a way just to completely blow a game. As we know, it seemed like a trap game. The Dolphins are not that good. The Jets had 100 more yards than they did. Uh, you know, we won time of possession. Jets had seven, seven penalties for 50 yards, though. And it seemed like... Every penalty. Now, there's never a good time to get a penalty. I totally understand that. But all of these penalties were so horrific, Mike. We had Claiborne holding on third and six after a sack. Would have got the ball back. You know, we had a buster screen. Um, 15-yard face mask, buster screen. They scored a touchdown to play after that. Uh, we had a third and three sack, screen, penalty, first down Miami. I mean, before let's just get right into it, Mike. Let's break down this week's game. Week two of the NFL season for the New York Jets. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. The New York Jets hosted the Miami Dolphins for their home opener at MetLife Stadium. Fresh off their Monday night win, Gang Green looked to go 2-0 early. Miami Dolphins received the ball first. They went four plays for 23 yards. Tannehill out the gate ran 20 yards on a scamper up the left side. Bad defense for, for the New York Jets to start out, but right after that, they just went for two runs. Drake was stuffed on both, and then there was a pass for Drake that went out of bounds and resulted in a punt. Jets got the ball back, Powell up the middle for a yard. Darnold complete to Powell for 10 and a first down. Penalty, Beecham, loss of five. Already the penalty started. Fumble on the exchange from Darnold to Powell. Then we were second and 17. Terrible start. How are you going to make any progress starting at second and 17 is their very first drive. Darnold complete to six, and then he had an incomplete to Quincy and a punt. This drive was lost from the penalties and the fumble. Any thoughts on this? Right out of the gate, Miami was doing a much better job, obviously, than the Lions last week, at least of confusing Darnold. I mean, the fumble in the backfield had nothing to do with that. That was just a mistake by the Jets. Luckily, they were able to get the ball back. Uh, that was one of the times Darno was careless with the ball this week, which, which does a, a tribute to a very low QBR for a total game, which we'll get to. But, you know, it seemed like, you know, Jets' defense came out. Uh, the, the run by Tannehill foreshadowed something that was going to continue throughout the day, those run pass options, which really, really seemed to work well for the Dolphins this week. And every time they did pull the trigger with Tannehill, Mike, it did seem to work. He ended up running for 44 yards in the game total, which is, which for Tannehill, I mean, I know he's a good athlete, but that really affected us. I mean, we got the ball back. We ended up punting Mike. Miami got the ball back. Big sack by Jamal Adams. Another big sack by Henry Anderson. So at that point, you are feeling good. Big sack by your boy Henry Anderson, playing really, really well the first two weeks. We get the ball back, and why don't you tell everyone how this drive went, Mike? Crowell, Crowell got the ball first. He went up for five. Crowell again to the right for nine for, for a first down. Darnold to Quincy for seven. Darnold complete to Quincy for four and a first down. Powell stuffed at the yard. It was second and six from the New York 39. Darnold looks for Quincy, which resulted in this. Powell back there, second down and six, and it's picked off. Intercepted on the play by T.J. McDonald. Big mistake by Sam. I, don't, I must have not seen the guy. I don't know what that was. 
He threw the ball directly to the Dolphins, right into the belly. Now. Yeah, safety uh, McDonald. So right now the Dolphins were playing a man-to-man. And this was something that Darnold recognized. One safety was in zone. And what happened is he jumped the route, the, the out route. Uh, he jumped the corner route that Quincy was, was, was running. And Darnold did not see him. He thought it was man coverage, which it was. This was a different type of coverage that he had never seen before, according to what some of the analysts had said. It was a reset. Uh, the safety jumped the crossing route, and Darnold didn't see him. It's a rookie mistake. He has to learn. He cannot repeat this. Yeah, that was a bad mistake, Mike. Really cost us. On the drive, there was a third and three where they actually went offside the Fins, which helped us, but a couple good runs by Crowell. He only, he didn't end up um, with a big day rushing. Mike only ended up with 35 yards rushing total on the day. Uh, he had 14 of the 35 right there on those two runs. Dolphins get an interception, running back 31 yards. They start their next drive off at the 15-yard line, Mike. Nine-yard run by Drake. Three-yard run by Wilson, which led to this play right here. It's Drake slithering. Touchdown. Kenyon Drake. Unfortunately, the first, a big interception by Darno Mike, which led right to a Miami Dolphins touchdown. Three plays for them. 204 left in the first quarter. We're down 7-0. A little demoralizing. Kind of took the wind out of the crowd as well because the crowd was fired up. Not that they lost the crowd. The crowd stayed in the game the whole time. But those interceptions, Mike, when there's such a swing of when you have the ball and you get a few good plays and you seem like you're moving it, Interception for the Dolphins, then touchdown for the Dolphins three plays later. Kind of a double punch. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, that that just put that seven points on the board right there off of a turnover. And this was pretty much the narrative of the day. Uh, Dolphins capitalizing off turnovers. They did get a lot of turnovers against Titans also. So they do do well getting the ball. Absolutely, they had three. Tur- they actually had three interceptions versus the Titans. And, you know, this week obviously we were able to take the ball away from the Jets too. So I mean, maybe that's going to be the type of defense they are moving forward in the season, and we just don't know it yet. But it does seem like Miami's defense is pretty decent this year, and they might be uh, maybe they'll be a little bit better this year than we thought. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know the Jets ended up getting the ball back. They went three plays for negative three yards, highlighted by a sack from Quinn, who was uh, lined up. And get this, Keith, he was lined up with tight end Eric Tomlinson uh, against him. Not a, not Beecham, not Carpenter, not anybody on the offensive line. They had Tomlinson. That might just be a good coaching move by Miami. However it was, they were able to scheme that, but I'm not sure exactly. Tomlinson's always going to be mismatched in, in that battle right there every single time. Absolutely, and I just thought that that was just a missed opportunity. Again, a bad coaching uh, decision, and we're going to get into more bad coaching decisions throughout this game. Miami got the ball back, three plays, six yards, and punt. The D- Jets' defense again would hold, and the Jets would get the ball early in the second quarter from their 17. Darnell complete to Quincy for 20 yards. Powell up the middle for four. Darnell an incomplete to Quincy on a deep left route, which resulted in a punt. Gents again, deep in their own territory and unable to move the ball past the 50. I know, another time they're taking over at the 17. You realize this game did become one of those games, Mike, that was, uh, you know, it was a battle of field position, and it seemed like we were losing the field position battle most of the game. Darnold ended ended up with a lot of yards at the end of the day because of that. But another drive, they started off at the 17 here. Nice pass to Anunwa as they were moving the ball. Um, they sent the ball back to Miami. Miami was able to move the ball here on this drive a little bit, Mike. Uh, they got the ball to Amendola on a... We got a, we got a sack from Copeland on the drive. They were able to get a first down with Amendola, who got crushed 
over the middle. Uh, Miami ended up pumping the ball back to us here. And this is this is when, Mike, another big mistake hit us on this drive. Yeah. Uh, Darnold, where the Jets get the ball back, Darnold hit Anderson for 17 yards. Corell up the middle for two. Darnold complete to Quincy for 12. So real, some real good gains right now. Moving the ball here. Moving the ball. Then a seven-yard strike from Darnold to Anderson on the left side, which resulted in this. Darnold, good move to take out Quinn, and he's got another receiver, and again, it's Anderson. Alonzo there, close to a first down. Oh, is there a fumble on the play? They're digging it out. And it is a fumble. Anderson coughs it up. And a second turnover by the Jets. Yeah, so Mike, big fumble by Rob. He killed us because it finally seemed like, all right, we kind of had, um, at this point, we had punted the ball. We had thrown an interception. We had punted the ball. We had punted the ball. So at this point, we finally started moving the ball. You're like, all right, well, here we go. Uh, we're finally going to get something going here. Pass to Robbie. Pass to Anunua. Darnold seemed like he was a little bit of a groove there. And then, boom, fumble by Robbie Anderson. I was hoping, I was hoping, Mike, keeping my fingers crossed up there, um, in section 301 that it was not a fumble. What I mean is I hope I thought it was maybe not a catch. And maybe he didn't have the ball long enough. Not the case. Definitely was a catch. Correct ball by the refs. Another another time that we just shoot ourselves right in the foot, Mike. And that, that one really hurt us. The Finch took over the... Deep in Jet territory again. And they went right down the field. Two plays which ended up in a touchdown to Albert Wilson from Tannehill on a crossing route. Tannehill, good strike on the cross... And look at the run here by Albert Wilson, and that is a touchdown! And they go up, uh, they missed the, the extra point, and they go up 13 to nothing. And this is... A and that's another drive, Mike, where the Jets defense, prior, uh, Jets defense on second down, you had Buster Screen go ahead and get a face mask penalty, which got the ball to the 29 for the Dolphins. The next play, they nail a 29-yard touchdown to, to Albert Wilson. So... Even after the fumble, again, we shoot ourselves. It just is a multitude of these things as the game went on, Mike, that when we get to the end of this, we can run through them all. How many different things they did at critical points in this game to lose this game and still only lose by eight points. It's just the Dolphins, I mean, they had no business winning this game. No business walking away with a win this week at all. And, and I, I let me tell you, Keith, you know, right after this, play it showed me that the coaching uh has work to do because this jet offense every let me tell let me tell, give you a statistic um Bates he loves the traditional like how always having a tight end uh, out on the field Bates has one tight end on the field um at all times and always has a running back and the receivers he never takes advantage of having four or five receivers on the uh, playing you know instead of having you know no tight ends or 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 no running backs or whatever he always has to have traditional uh, a traditional lineup and and the play right after this mess up was just a bunch of dink and dunks you, you know the jets got the ball back three plays negative seven yards like i was saying just dink and dunks here and there and then there was another sack by quinn this time blowing beach him up from the left side I mean, I was really, really frustrated with the way the coaching was, with the way the O-line was performing, with the way we were turning the ball over, whether it was Darnold throwing interception or Robbie with a fumble. And we, like you said, Miami had no business being up 13 to nothing at the time, no. but we were just not playing the correct football. This loss to me is more on the players than it is on the coaching. And that's a situation in the game where I do understand maybe they could have changed some things up. Jets end up punting the ball. 
Miami gets the ball in 37. Now, in the, on this drive right here, Mike, we have a third and six on the drive, Mike. Our boy, Leonard Williams and Avery Williamson, get in there, get a sack. Third and six, place erupts. Michael Agaris is down in Houston watching the game. He erupts! All the Jet fans in Edison Icehouse erupt. And guess what? Claiborne holding. First down for the Miami Dolphins at the 28-yard line. A uh, 19-yard pass, which, of course, Mike, we know very shortly after that led into this. Tannehill, 11-14 to the end zone. Oh, great protection. Touchdown. Touchdown pass to Derby, Mike. Another time where it's just like third and six. You get the sack, and of course there's a holding. It, it was when that happened, Mike, in my mind, the score obviously was disconcerting. But you just felt like this is just one of those days. It does not seem like it's our day. It, everything's, they're doing everything wrong at the worst time. And I, I, my mind, I resigned myself to thinking that we were just going to take a loss. You know, Miami got the ball, nine plays, 62 yards, which resulted in that touchdown. And Miami was up 20 to nothing and all looked gloom and doom. Uh. And then the Jets got the ball with 41 seconds left to go into the half, starting from their own 25. So uh, with 41 seconds left, Darnold deep strike to Pryor for 44 yards and a timeout. Came out of the timeout, Darnold hit Herndon for 14 yards while we cut the ball. 10 seconds left from Miami 14, Darnold complete to Herndon for 12 who stopped right before the goal line to end the half. Now, I personally Ugh. thought that play, they should have just took strikes at the end zone. And if it was an incomplete, then you would have had, you know, they had 10 seconds left. So they could have yeah. maybe one or two strikes. But they, you know, he saw him, he hit him, you know, they were at the 14. He hit him for 12. And they tried to get in. It didn't happen. So we went in 20 to nothing going at the end of the half. But at least they were able to show... Uh, some some life in the offense and Darnold was able to push the offense all the way from the 25 yard line down all the way down the field with less than 41 seconds I thought that was good to see I uh, know you're right with that Mike absolutely correct but it's that's just seemed like another missed opportunity because they could have maybe still got three on the board there too uh instead they you know instead Hernan either doesn't know how much time's left doesn't know where the goal line is or isn't smart enough to know to get out of bounds. End up getting, you have to, Mike, you have to get points at the end of the half. After the type of half it was, even if it was 20 to 3, you say, okay, we got some points. Uh, the, I, I, the deep pass to Pryor, the 44-year pass, tremendous, got the ball to the 31. I, I thought that was great. And Pryor, in these first few weeks, has played much better than anyone thought. And we, Mike, me and you said it after we watched the Giant game when he had a touchdown pass. He could be a secret weapon for us that no one really spoke about if he's healthy. He had four catches for 84 yards in this game, so he played pretty good. Uh, but Herndon, I mean, he also he fumbled the ball on the way to the goal line as well. Like, he ended up getting the ball back. Um, a lot a lot of different things to look at there at the end. Is it another bad coaching move by Bulls that he didn't go for the points or go for the field goal? Should they have just thrown the ball into the end zone? Do you get in the huddle and tell everyone make sure you get out of bounds because we have no timeouts left because they stopped the clock prior to that? A lot of different things to look at. None of them happened, though. None of them happened. And we did absolutely nothing. It's another missed opportunity in this game that just really, really is just one of many things that were very frustrating. Absolutely, absolutely. But they did come out on fire after the first half. Coming out in the second half, third quarter, Crowell up the middle for 10 yards and a first down. Darnold to Tomlinson for 24. Darnold hit Quincy for 17. Two short plays set up third and nine from the Miami 28. Darnold with a strike to Powell for this. Powell in, five in the secondary, third down nine. 
And he's got him. What a catch by Powell. Touchdown, Jets. Powell TD. We had a penalty on the on the, on the the touchdown as well against the Dolphins. We declined. Mike, I got a little worried there because the way everything was going during the day, when you see the yellow on the field, when you finally had a touchdown, I thought that was going to be against the Jets. It was not. Uh, you know, like you said, Tomlinson, big big pass by Sam right there. A newest 17-yard catch. Finally on the board, 20-7. to Yeah, and Miami point. gets the ball back. And the first play goes like this. Jenkins was on him. Tannehill was back. Fumble recovered by the New York Jets. Out of his right hand. <laughs> Gobbled up. Jenkins with the sack. Jenkins with the fumble recovery. Now, the sack was, was great. Uh, Jenkins getting in there. He had a really good game this week. He was all over the place, making tackles and getting to the quarterback. We got the ball back. That's when you felt like, all right, here we go. Yeah. We're gonna get the. We're gonna at least get the field goal here. Worst case scenario, the game's about to be twenty to ten, or best case scenario is gonna be twenty to fourteen. You know, we just scored a touchdown. There's a ton of time left once that happens. But that's not what occurred, Mike. Instead, miscommunication by Sam Darnold and Terrell Pryor, it seemed like, which led to this. First and ten for Darnold to the end zone. Picked off, but was he in? Picked off on the play by Xavier Howard. A nice interception by him. Uh. Yeah, prior at the end of the game took blame for a bad route. Um, still, though, that to me, I mean, I was on cloud nine after the strip, the uh, the fumble, and just to give it right back to them, it it gave me flashes of Sanchez. It did. I'm not gonna lie. I felt the the Sanchez um, feeling. Yeah, because it seemed like Sanchez always had a flair for the dramatic and would have his worst moment at the worst possible time. Not the first quarter interception or, you know, something like that. He'd have, well, let me throw my interception the worst time I could possibly think of to do it. Like, um, how, so do, how, how do you do that on the first? Like, I just stood there. Like, I didn't even, like, I did not even act pissed. I just kept staring at the television. Like, I did I just see that? Did this actually just happen? Did he seriously just throw an interception now? Like, oh my god! What? Yeah, you just, I just, you just I couldn't, into, I couldn't. It wouldn't zombie. register in my brain, son. Yeah, that was t- that was a tough one because it, it just seemed like things swung in our direction positively. That's not how it ended up working out, Mike. And that was that was a you know kind of a foreshadowing of things to come for us. It did seem like Pryor stopped running that round though, and after the game that he said as much. So. Whether or not we put that on Sam, we really can't, maybe. But at the same token, Finns get the ball back. We played some good defense here, Mike. It's see all day, all day the Jets defense. A lot of the points the Dolphins got were just kind of circumstantial because the Jets defense, in most times, came up big for the Jets today, and uh, you know they have themselves this year right now, Mike. The New York Jets actually have the uh, eighth-ranked passing defense, 11th-ranked rushing defense, which is tremendous. So. Um, fifth, fifth ranked defense altogether in the NFL. So the defense is playing well, but when you call on them so often, you have so many punts and you have three turnovers. It's really, really tough, Mike, to keep holding the team back. They were able to hold the Finns to a punt here. They got the ball back though, Mike, on the seven yard line. Again, one of these situations where they're pinned back. Eight twenty six left here. Um, in the third corner. Now this was the drive, Mike, where they moved the ball a little bit. You have Sam scramble to the left on a second down. Dro- looks looks out, boom, drops a perfect dime into the belly of Chris Herndon. Oh, it was I such mean, a great what? what a what a throw by Sam Darnold to put it exactly where it needed to go. And 
if he catches that, we're in field goal position. We're ready to score and get the get the game back into our control once again. But it was a major drop, and again, another missed opportunity. That was tough, Mike. That was a hard one to deal with for sure. Uh, Hernan drops the ball right there, which really stopped the momentum of the drive. So they ended up punting the ball. Miami gets the ball back. First and 10 from the Miami 17. It was a first down by Drake up the middle. Few plays led to third and three from the Miami 40. Tannehill sacked again by Copeland for nine yards, but defensive holding on Buster Screen to extend the drive. Incredible. Incredible. Dolphins. Can you believe? And Buster Screen just. You know, you, you, someone you're not the biggest fan of. You said at the beginning of the season, ton of penalties last year, ton of penalties now again this year. Again, and he always, all Buster screen penalties. He wait, like, like he's the Sanchez of defense, where he waits for the worst possible moment, then he gets a goddamn penalty. Copeland on the sack here, that was big. We ended up a few plays later getting a fumble though. You know, Avery Williamson is the one who got the fumble back, got the ball back there, Mike. We start moving the ball, first and ten of the Miami 25. However, what happens here, Mike? First and ten, Miami 25. False start on Winters. The next play, false start on Carpenter. Now it's first and 20 from the Miami 35. It was first and 10 on the 25 before that. And it is another time, Mike, where it seemed like we, we did not take advantage of an opportunity to the maximum, only getting three points there, getting two false starts in a row. Another time we just seemed to shoot ourselves in the foot, Mike. Yeah, we did. Again, I mean, the only positive thing I took away from this was Myers hitting a 55-yarder because he missed an extra point, and I was already tight. Like, you can't be missing extra points, all right? Yeah. You know? He hit a 55-yarder. I'm like, all right. No, he crushed the 55-yarder in there, and when it was right, and I was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm positioned directly in an end zone. That was the far end zone for me. So I watched it through the whole time. It looked true. He crushed it, blasted it right through. Um, you know, at this point, the game is 20-9, to 9, okay? The, Miami gets the ball back. They go three and out. Jet gets the ball back again. Yeah, it's like and they once, wanted us to win. It's like they wanted us to win. Exactly, Mike. Jets get the ball back again. We start moving the ball once again. Sam passing the ball well. Yeah, we get the ball back. Nine minutes to go in the four, fourth fourth quarter. Down 20-9. to nine. Crowell up, up the right for two. Darnold to Quincy for nine. Darnold to left to Pryor for 17 and a first down. Crowell up the middle for three. Darnold with a strike to Crowell for seven and a first. 23 yards from Darnold to Powell leading the Jets into Miami territory with six minutes to go. He had three incompletions, unfortunately, which led to a 41-yard field goal attempt for Myers. So we're, now we're 20 to 12. Miami gets the ball back. They ended up going 12 plays for 58 yards to end the game. It was th now here's the thing, Keith. It was third down and 19 from the Miami 45. They were out of field goal range. The Jets blitzed. They sent a blitz package, sending I think seven, and did not pick up Gore, who ran and ended up getting them a first down. Now, 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 to me, this is a bad bad call because all you had to do was go prevent or be conservative if you give up five yards it's not like they're going to kick a field goal from the 40 yard line right so instead of being aggressive and throwing the house at them sit back and let your safeties and your linebackers handle whatever because Tannehill all day was not going deep not once did Stills beat us deep okay not once was he throwing balls into tight screens he was doing dink and dunk RPO 
uh, running his run pass options, running his little screen shots like the shot to, to Wilson. He he wasn't beating us deep. So just sit back and let him punt. But you do this type of call, yeah, it bothers me. It bothers me, and you're a defensive type of coach. Come, why would you do something like this? I didn't even know. I couldn't even believe what I was seeing at that moment. It's third and 19. I understand they're thinking in their minds, Mike, the play with the coaches and what they were thinking was, we can't give them 10 yards right here because they'll be able to kick a field goal. So the Jets didn't look at it necessarily as a third and 19. They probably looked at it as, we have to stop them from even getting 10 yards because they'll be in field goal range if they do. Okay, so I get that. But to not pick up the running back and actually give up the first downs, not even have to make them try to kick a field goal and keep this drive going. Even if they knock a field goal in, and you're down by 11 again, at least if you go down within a few minutes and have a miracle and get a touchdown, you can kick an onside kick. To have the drive continue, that's the killer, Mike. To not pick up the running back, it's just mind-boggling and bring seven, like you said. In retrospect, we can always say it was a bad move, but it seems like in that situation, considering the fact they have not been going down the field all day, like you said, the only way they're going to get that amount of yards is if they dunk it off or they have a screen pass or something short that the guy breaks for 19 because they haven't been throwing the ball downfield. That actually, Mike, and that led to, they, they, they kept running down the clock, Miami. There was another play here, which was third and six, another chance for the Jets maybe to get the ball back. Tannehill RPO'd it, eight yards, first down, which was the final nail in the coffin for the Jets. Uh, after that, they were able to run the clock out, Mike. Tough loss. Heartbreaking loss to a degree just because it does feel like the Jets outplayed them in many ways. The Jets had 362 yards in the day, 257 yards for the Dolphins. Only two penalties for the Dolphins for 10 yards. Seven penalties for 50 yards for the Jets, Mike. Uh, we won time of possession once again, 31 minutes to a, 31 and a half minutes to about 28 and a half. And then, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of good things to look at, Mike. The defense had four sacks. Jenkins, Jenkins, Anderson, Jamal Adams, and Copeland all had a sack. Uh, five tackles for Leonard Williams. He had a good game. Four tackles for Jamal Adams. Avery Williamson had four tackles. He would have also had um, another sack if there wasn't a penalty. So would, so would Leonard Williams. So there's some good things to look at on the defense. The defense actually played pretty good. It, the defense played great. I mean, I thought that overall, if you look at uh, the both of the teams, I mean, the Jets had more first downs. The Jets had more total plays. They had more total yards. They had the same amount of drives. Uh, they had more yards per play, 5.7 to 4.4. Um, they outpassed them. They the, the the no the Dolphins outrushed us 135 to 42. Uh, you know, and the, and the penalties really, uh, we you know like you said, seven penalties for 50 yards, and they had two penalties for 10. Uh, we had three turnovers. They had two. And um, the biggest thing with the Dolphins is they capitalized on their turnovers as we did not. So, so that goes to, look, they need to get in the film room. They got Sam Darnold. What kind of day did he have? Look, I thought that uh, the, uh, on the, in the Detroit game, uh, that was just such a bizarre game because of all of the different type of scores that we had there. Darnold really, after the third quarter, could just hand the ball off and the night was over for him. This was a dog fight. He had to throw. He made some mistakes, but I did like to see some of those drives right before the end of the half and then the beginning of the half and being able to get those field goal drives. Um, a couple of drops there. The young man... Uh, 
will need to be better. Uh, but he did show some some signs that uh, that he's got got uh, he's not shaken by by the yeah. interceptions or or the moment is being too big for him. It seems that he's able to sit in that moment and still be able to execute. 334 yards for Sam, a touchdown, two interceptions. Rushing-wise, Corral had 35 yards on 12 carries. We were not able to really move the ball on the ground at all. Uh, in the air, though, Anua, seven catches, 92 yards, another really good game. Pryor, four catches, 84 yards. Bilal, five catches for 74 with a touchdown. Herndon, two catches for 30, but a big drop. And a big misplay mentally, I think, at the end of the half, they're not getting to the end zone. Uh, when it comes to the Dolphins, Alonzo had 13 tackles. He had a great game for them. They had three sacks, two interceptions. Tannehill, though, only 168 yards. I mean, he had two touchdowns. But, I mean, he did not have a he didn't have a great game. Like 53 yards for Drake. Tannehill, 44 yards rushing. Stat-wise, like you said, I think it really leaned towards us. But that's not what matters. The stats, Mike, it matters. The final score on the board at the end of the game. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, so I've got some interesting stats here through two weeks. So here are the players that rank in the top 10 through the first two weeks of the NFL football season. On defense, Darren Lee is the number one rated linebacker with a pro football PFF rating of 92 out of scale from 0 to 100 for number one ranked linebacker in the NFL. And Jamal Adams is the seventh ranked safety at a 82.9. On offense, Quincy Inunua is the 10th ranked wide receiver at 81.7. Uh, Brian Winters is the sixth ranked guard at 75.2. And Isaiah Crowell is the ninth ranked running back at 71.9. These are all wow. PFF ratings. Yes, sir. And on special teams, Andre Roberts is the second ranked kick returner punt returner at 77.8 all right so now i mean that's a little see, we can throw that's what we do for everybody we brought we brought everyone down again with the review of the game last week but then we bring you right back up mike we bring you right back up with the positive glass half full little tidbits in the segment known as michael agaris's news and notes but now what we're gonna do mike on the roller coaster known as the abg podcast i'm gonna tell you the jabroni of the week and the, the jabroni of the week this week is none other than Sam Darnold. There's no way around it. 18.2 QBR. But Sam Darnold, to me, is the jabroni of the week. 18.2 QBR, two interceptions, one fumble in the game. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to receive this that often, Mike, but I think we got to give him a little tough love on the podcast. we got to teach him a lesson. we got to let him know that this level of play is not going to be accepted by AEBG Nation. Neither will it be accepted by the host of AEBG. And, you know, we're going to go ahead. I'll contact Sam during the week. I'll let everybody know. I'll talk to him. I'll straighten him out. We'll get him on the we'll get him on the right page. But last week, not a good game. Both interceptions really cost us dearly, Mike. And hopefully these are learning experiences for him. Um, he's filing away like Neo in the Matrix to never repeat the same mistake twice. That's right. That's right. We cannot afford to have, especially that end zone touchdown, I mean interception. That was a, a four, almost a 14-point shift. You know, seven points off the board, and then got them on. Uh, was able to get them back on on offense on the twenty yard line and uh, set up field field position for them. That, that which leads us to our opponent this week, the much maligned have not won a game. Cleveland Browns. Okay, Mike. Cleveland Browns at New York Jets Thursday night football. This third of the three games in eleven days for young Sam Darnold. The Cleveland Browns last year didn't win any games. 
coming into this year seemed like they had a lot of talent, a much better team. Couldn't come away with a victory either of the first two weeks. 21 to 21 tie week one. Totally bizarre situation with the Steelers. And a 21-18 loss last week. Heartbreaking loss to the Saints. Saints score 18 points in the fourth quarter for the Browns to lose. It does seem like for the Browns, um, it, or is it a perfect storm? Are the stars aligning against the New York Jets and Sam Darnold, Mike? Or do you think this week will be a victory for Gangrene and Gangrene Nation? Well, looking at the, the Browns' numbers so far, really the biggest thing that sticks out is on offense, they're fourth in the NFL in rushing. Um, everything else, their pass yards are 27th with 192. Uh, yards total, 23rd, and they score 19.5 points a game, 24th. I know it's just two games, so you can't, you gotta take these numbers with a grain of salt. Defensively, they're 20th in rush yards, 22nd in pass yards at 263, uh, 21st and 13th with, uh, points. Uh, so they're, they're, they're not jumping off the page as far as what they've done through two games, but they've played two very good opponents. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers and they played against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. And they tied the Steelers and they gave the Saints a scare all the way up to, you know, uh, four or five minutes to go. Now we know that Fitzpatrick uh, lit them up for like 48. So that, you know, who knows with the Saints right now. But... You know, if I were a Cleveland Brown fan looking for my first win, young Sam Darnold, rookie, and the New York Jets coming into their territory, I would have had this game circled as a game that they think they're going to win. Um, I honestly will tell you, Keith, that I think that the Cleveland Browns will win this game because if they do not win this game, Hugh Jackson needs to be fired on the spot. <laughs> I just, no, Why Keith. Why do you say that? I, I'm Keith. They haven't won a game in two years. Two years. They haven't won a game. And you're going to start the season with through three games and not win one of them, and one of them you lose to a rookie quarterback in your own building? Fired on the spot if they lose to the Jets. You don't have to really worry too much about them in the passing game. It seems like with Tyrod Taylor, he's the check down master. That, that being said, uh, maybe their passing game has... Maybe they're passing and move forward knowing there's a little bit of that mystery cleared up with Gordon, Callaway, and Landry are probably going to be the guys. And Joku this year, though, Mike, only 33 yards on the season. So he has not really been too much of a weapon for them. 175 yards for Landry. They actually are moving the ball pretty well on the ground because Tyron Taylor also rushes the ball, as we know. He moves the ball well, too, with his feet. That's one thing we'll have to worry about. Um, you know, the Saints, right? Cleveland, the Cleveland right now overall, though, Mike, 23rd-ranked offense, 21st-ranked defense. So... You know, or, you know, they're kind of right in the middle of the pack when it comes to a team. Jets, 18th-ranked offense, 5th-ranked defense. I think we're a better team. I know on their on their calendar they have this game circled. I know they probably think this is a W for them. I totally understand why. After last week, the mistakes we made, I think next week we come out, we play a more disciplined game. I think Cleveland's been in these last two games, and they haven't really played a stinker yet, and they're due for one because they're the Browns. And I think they're going to come out this week, and I think they're just going to take a W. Now, <coughs> for the last week for the Browns, Callaway at 81 yards and a touchdown. Landry, 69 yards. Higgins, 47. Um, the ground high to a touchdown. Taylor, a TD and an in. 
So, I mean, the, uh, the Browns, an overly scary team. Obviously not. They've lost a million games in a row. This week for the Browns, though, big news was Josh Gordon's departure from the team. And, you know, I don't know how much that impacts them one way or the other since they've been playing without him for so long. Probably doesn't affect him on the field too much, Mike. But coming into the Jet game, very happy he's not going to be on the field. Um, our offense right now, 15th-ranked passing team. But like um, you yeah, said, I, I, like you said, we have the 5th-ranked defense. I, I, I was really impressed. One of the great takeaways from the Dolphin game was, you know, there was been all this talk about the edge and how we're not able to get at the quarterback, and we were just giving Tannehill fits all day long, whether it was Copeland or it was Jamal Adams or it was Han Henry Anderson, you know, and, and Leonard Williams, and, and even Thanos was getting some pressure on him. You know, uh, our defense really is not a defense that you can really take lightly, and if the Cleveland Browns do not protect Tyrod Taylor, and if he tries to go ahead and start scampering off to the left and right, we have linebackers like Darren Lee and safeties like Jamal Adams who will hunt him down. Absolutely, Michael, and that's one of the reasons why I don't really think this is a good matchup for the Browns, for what they do, for what they've been trying to do this season. Our defense is really good. Uh, we know the... The defense there for the Steelers and the defense for the Saints is really—they're really. I've really, proven this year already not to be that great. So you know, I, I think that they're going up against a much better defense this week. Their offense has not been amazing. I think you know, I don't think it's going to be like the way the Lions game went, but I do think that we have enough to beat them. I think we have a better team than them. I think our offensive line has been playing tremendous this year so far, much better than people would have thought. I know last week they gave up some sacks. But overall, I think the offensive line has played pretty good. And I think we can go into there being pretty confident this week at least that we can walk out with a W. You know, we predicted a W for the Jets week one, Mike. And we predicted a W week two. I'm also going a W week three. However, um, I do think this is a decent matchup for us. I know we had to play a game after a quick turnaround. But sometimes that could be a good thing after a loss like we had. Get that taste right out of our mouth. Get right back on the field, Mike. And lay the smackdown on the Browns in Cleveland. Thursday night, what do you think? I hope so. I, I wish I had the same optimism as you. I feel like this is the game that Cleveland has to win, and that's why I'm picking Cleveland to win this game because if they don't win this game, in my opinion, they have to fire the coach. They have to. It, it's just this is unexcusable. This is They have to win this game. If they can't, with all the moves that they've done in the offseason, all of them, and they can't win, against a rookie quarterback in their building, it's unexpected. The coach needs to be fired the moment the whistle blows. At I, that I, point, it's a wrap. I, I, it's a wrap to me, in my opinion. Now, I think everything you said makes sense, and I think the Jets are the better team. I just feel like this is when the gates will open and they'll get all their beer and... That, you know, the Cleveland fans will get their first win in two years. I, uh, I just think it's good. That's, in my opinion, I just think that's what's going to happen. We were able to avoid it last year when we played them and get the W and not be the team they beat to end this horrible streak. The Giants actually played a really tight game against them. I was going to, I was kind of sort of hoping the Giants would lose to them just because that would be fun. Uh, but here we go. Jets versus Browns this year again in week three. So hopefully Jets pull it out, take a W for all of the Gangrene Nation fans, all the AEBG fans, so we can all rejoice next week. Uh, but Mike, another astounding episode of the AEBG podcast. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Blasting to you on a weekly basis from the Elite Sports Radio Network. We want to let everybody know where they can get at us, support us, like us, hit play, tell your friends about us. Mike, where can they do it? Twitter. You can follow us at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast on Instagram 
at jet.aebg and on Facebook at aebg.jetsradio. You heard the man, everybody. And that's another edition of the AEBG podcast. And on behalf of my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, peace out until next week. Hopefully we get a W. Talk to you guys. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Are Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leaver.